You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. And we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon. I am a pastoral resident here at Emmaus Road Church, joined, as always, with my dear, dear friends, uh, Ryan Chase and Caleb Dernberger. Uh, Ryan's a pastor and elder here at Emmaus, and Caleb also is a pastoral resident with me. And we are here today. So if, you, if you're a listener, which you are because you're listening, but if you've been a listener for a while, you may have... Um, We've opened up the possibility for some questions that you might have. Um, and if you don't know where those are to be found, um, for people at Emmaus Road Church, it's on Realm. If you go and look through, you, there's a, a, a Google form for you able to submit um, questions. And we've gotten quite a few. It's, we'll it's probably been, highlight that form yeah. a little more yeah. in so, coming so days. Be on yeah. the lookout. Um, and we've actually gotten quite a few. And, and one of them... And there's no way for us to get to all these questions. In fact, we're not going to get to any of them but one today uh, and hope to address them in the future. Uh, but he, here's what somebody said. They said, we'd be interested to have you guys address, other than the scriptures, your top five to ten most recommended must-have Christian books from your libraries. Uh, maybe name a number one, most personally impactful selection for each of our walks in Christ. Um, which is great. I think we're, we're going to say up front, there is no way <laughs> we're going to be able to nail down. I mean, it's like asking Logan's, Logan Thune's incredible at this, where you just say, all right, Logan, give us your top five yeah. Westerns and he'll just, he'll just shoot them and out. He would give you 50. Yeah. But <laughs> so we're going to qualify this up front and say there's, this is by no means exhaustive. Um, and it is by no means all that like, you know, it, it would take a serious amount of time to sit and stare at our libraries to figure out which have been the number one most impactful other than the Bible. So I think just to get the ball rolling, I think <laughs> what, what we're trying to do today is just identify a couple books each in different categories that have just served us. Not that we would recommend them as the best book I've ever read, but kind of books that came at key moments in our lives, um, things that uh, affected us, kind of gave us vocabulary that we didn't have before, um, Again, not not saying like this is the best marriage book you could ever read, but rather no, this is a book on marriage that it just really served at a, at a certain time, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. and I'd recommend it to mm-hmm. you. Um, so, with that said, can can I share two thoughts just that have been? How about one? Okay, I'm just kidding. Give two. I'll, I'll try to <laughs> force two into one. Yes. Um, no, just some advice that I've heard over the years that has been helpful to me. John Piper has said once, um, books have not changed his life sentences yes. have. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's helpful and been freeing to me. Cause I, I used to kind of have the thought like to, to say, I've read a book. I need to read every word on every page mm-hmm. of the book to mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. And then I can say, I've read that book. Right. And sometimes you get into a book and you go, all right, this author's kind of saying the same thing again and again. And I, I think I got the gist of it or, you know, you, you might find a chapter to be slower and you kind of skim through whatever. So it just, that, that's been helpful to me in terms of thinking about yeah. reading that there are really, you know, sentences or, or paragraphs maybe that 
have that kind of effect. And then um, Doug Wilson has said, when you read, read like you, you plan to come back by that way again. Don't mm-hmm. read a book like you're cramming for a test. <laughs> I, I think that's another problem sometimes that slows us down. We, we feel like, you know, I, I have to read this and take notes as though I'm going to be quizzed on it or I have to write a book report on it. Or, you know, that, that can be a helpful way to process stuff for some people. Um, but just to, to read and sometimes you think, oh yeah, I, I read that, but I, I don't remember specifics. Um, right. Nothing in particular comes to mind other than it was good or it was helpful or <laughs> whatever. So th- that's also been freeing to me. And so yeah. I think just like you said, th- these are yeah books that have, have served us, shaped us. Yeah. And it sets it up. And books are meant also to, I mean, they're, they're tools. Right. Um, yeah. They're, they're places where we go to for, for, for help or mm-hmm. for knowledge or, or things to help move us. But you know, to not treat them as like a scorecard, like, oh, I've read that book, so therefore my status is such. Yeah. Um, not at all. We want to see, you know, it's, it's a media, it's a tool meant to serve us. Mm. Um, and so that's I think that's so relieving the pressure of like, I need to cram for a test. Mm. But then you meet people who are just, their horsepower is way higher than yours. I remember the first time Jeff Perswell told me, told us what his kind of, the way he reads a book. Um is he will read a chapter and then on that last page of the chapter, he will summarize that chapter in his own words and then move on to the next. And it serves him well because, it, you know, if he wants to think that, what did that guy say in that chapter? He just goes to that thing. Mm-hmm. And then I think, it can be a good discipline. That yeah. sounds great if you have that kind of horsepower that you can just pump out uh, a summary sentence right there. But, you know, it kind of relieving to think, no, I, 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 like you said, I'm a, I plan to be back here at some mm-hmm. point. And, mm-hmm. and if I have questions, I can, I can ask those. So all that to set up, Ryan, why don't you start us? You can pick a topic. Top five books pick of book. all time. <laughs> Give us a book. Let's just start with one. Then we'll kind of yeah. we'll bounce around. What, what's one book you would recommend? When I think about life shaping books, um, John Piper's book, don't waste your life hmm. comes to mind. Uh, somebody had given a copy of that to my brother as a high school graduation gift. Uh, I found it on the shelf at my parents' home. Um, man, I must have been early 20s, maybe 20, 21. And I read that book, and I remember, I don't remember the particular part that I read. I just remember setting it down in tears. Hmm walking outside, it was nighttime, and going for a walk to just pray in response to what I had just read. Mm. Um, because the it, it was like the, the bigness, the greatness, the glory of God mm. just exploded in my mind with magnitude that I was unfamiliar with. Uh, and the way that Piper lays out in that book, what, what it means to waste your life, what it means, what it, an unwasted life is. And, and I think most significantly, this is what so many people come away, this is kind of central thing for Piper, that God's glory and yeah. my joy are not two separate things, but right. one and the same. The greatest possible joy I can experience is God himself. Mm. And that glorifies God and God has glorified me when I enjoy him. That, that book um, changed my life. So I just remember walking and praying with that kind of resolve, God, don't let me... Mm. waste my life. Mm. Don't let me live it for myself. I want, I want to enjoy you above all else, no matter what. And to this day, I mean, I find myself just this morning praying in repentance to God, confessing God above all else. I want you and not Mm. this. And, um, so, so 
That's a helpful book. If you have, if yeah, <laughs> I mean, people if, have said that desiring God is that. I mean, that's has the same effect right. as of desiring God. Desiring as well. God is, yep, yep. Don't waste your life as a, you know, smaller, more yep. more compact yep. presentation but of some of those things. A book that leads to that, to a type of doxology, um, is a is a helpful book. Mm-hmm. I, that's one worth recommending. Mm-hmm. Caleb, how about you? Uh, one, yeah, one book that just I always think of. Um, probably like 15 years ago. Um, yeah. I was like 20, 22 or something like that. We went through uh, CJ Mahaney's The Cross-Centered Life mm-hmm. for some type of class we were doing. Ryan and I were leading it maybe. And um, opening up that book was, it was like I'd never heard the gospel before mm-hmm. <laughs> until that moment. Uh, he just so clearly laid out justification and sanctification and my need daily for the gospel, for these doctrines of grace. And um, I think of uh, that Jerry Bridges line. I think he uses Jerry Bridges a lot, but that Jerry Bridges line of uh, preach the gospel to yourself every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are talking about categories of books here that we don't want to actually move on from. There are hmm. some books that we're like, okay, we read it, we're done. Yep. This is a category where we are always growing in godliness. We're always being sanctified, and these are serving to that end. And so I think that book, um, I've picked it up many, many times throughout the years, and I've mm-hmm. gone back, and it's a really quick book to read as well. Um, I've just gone back to it, and it served me in to that end of preaching the gospel to myself every day. My ongoing need for a savior and who that mm. is and um, recognizing my sin. And uh, I'm glad that we don't, we, we give that away as a gift yeah. to people on, on yeah, new um, visitors, new visitors on Sundays. I'm just so glad that that's, that's, that's huge. Um, mm. Coupled with that, I would say another CJ Mahaney book would be humility as well. Yeah. Um, I think they kind of go hand in hand. But, yeah. Uh, that's another one where mm. I'll go back to again because I want to grow in these things that I'm not very good at right now. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I'm a yeah. very proud man. And so I need humility in my life. And the way to grow in that is by preaching the gospel. Mm. Yeah, man, this is the hardest to do. <laughs> but <laughs> even, you know, we just took a few minutes before to, to jot down some thoughts. And I've got a list here. And like, I'm thinking, where do I start? Mm. Um, I, I think given the category that we we just said of what are some books that you remember when you read them and you thought this kind of changes things for me. Um, it's a book I, I haven't read it in, in years. Um, and it's not one that I would maybe list as like my top 10 books of all time, but one that really did have that effect where I read it and I said, this changes things in my head. And, and it's called everyday church by Tim Chester and Steve Timmis, two, two pastors out of England, out, out of the UK. Mm-hmm. And just their, their setting, um, in England, in, in Europe, which is like the uh, a wasteland of of gospel <laughs> fruit, um, the place where the gospel went flourished, cathedrals were built. You know, the whole like the whole Christianization of a continent, and then now being post Christian and trying to pick up the pieces where um, you know they're 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 I think they make the point they're we're about fifteen to twenty years ahead of America. So wherever America is, think 15, 20 years ahead, mm. that's where the UK is as far as development. And, and so how do you do church there where the cathedrals are big and beautiful but empty? Um, the, the cultural Christianization or the Christianese is gone. The mm-hmm. shared fabric is, is gone. Um, and just the way they described how to do church in that sense just 
it just changed the way I viewed the church. It really was where I first moved from thinking of the church as kind of a meeting <laughs> to no, it, it is, it has to be, if it's going to survive, if it's going to flourish, if it's going to, it needs to, it needs to have function in all of our lives. Mm. Um, they, they distinctly remember the categories of, of the greatness of God, the goodness of God, the glory of God, mm. and the graciousness of God. When, the, when those four things are being meditated on, they actually have effect. Like, God is so great, therefore I need not fear. He's been so gracious, therefore I, I, I should be, you know, I should revel in the joy of my salvation. So it just, it, it, it totally was a paradigm shifter yeah. of how I viewed my day-to-day life in Adamaeus Road Church. And mm. I, I think you and I both read the book at similar times, Ryan. And I remember we both read it and we're like, let's go plant a church in England. Let's go, <laughs> let's go, let's go do that. And then we both thought, no, we let's love do this. that here. Let's yeah. just do that here. That's right. <clears throat> Everyday church as the title. And then, you know, from there it um, walks through living on mission in the everyday stuff of That's life right. and caring for and pastoring one another in the everyday stuff of life and um, just how it all comes out in everyday life. And I think that's the vision in that book that's so compelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They lay it out and you just go, that's that's what church should be. That's what it's I It's not this compartmentalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So that that's a great book. Two English guys and it's written in English as well. Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> Hard to believe. Oh, yes. man. All right, Ryan, give us another one. Oh man, uh, C.S. Lewis as an author, mm. just mm. You know, broadly, you can pick up anything by Lewis and be greatly affected. Yes, um, his book *Mere Christianity* mm. I, I, that one stands out to me because I read it in high school, and it's one of those that like it gave me categories for thinking um, apologetically. Uh, you know, defending the faith, the argument that he lays out is so powerful and just terse, concise, compelling. Um, but then he goes on when he starts to lay out some of the doctrines of Christianity. So I just preached recently talking about the son, the begotten son. I, I quoted this in mere Christianity several times in that sermon because I will never forget as a high schooler reading that thinking mm-hmm. that's, that's the clearest, most helpful thing yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've ever come across that, that helps me understand how, how can the son be begotten of the father and yet eternal and co-ex- coexistent with the father. And, and Lewis just has a way with words. If you are familiar with Lewis at all, um, the abolition of man yeah. is, is right up there, especially in these days. I, I just have found myself recommending that book a lot recently to people who are seeing stuff going on in the world, looking at the crazy stuff that's going on in big tech and, you know, so-called science. And, yeah. <laughs> um, it, there's just stuff going on in the world that people are trying to understand what is happening. And Lewis wrote The Abolition of Man and That Hideous Strength. Don't you dare. No, I'll let you talk about that. But what, <laughs> 1940s? Mid, yeah, mid-1940s. Yeah. Um, so 80 years ago, yeah. and you read it and you think, how did he... It's like he saw into right. the future the world we are living in now. Yes. Um, we'll probably have it, a podcast on that. Yeah, I, I think so. Come, upcoming. Um, yeah. So, so The Abolition of Man, very short. Yes. It's... Um, you know, I might have to read it several times to follow it all because it's just 100%. so packed with mm-hmm. um, Inception. good content. But it is, uh, it's well worth the read right now. Yeah, that uh, I have, while we're on the C.S. Lewis train, um, and again, I, I agree with Ryan, almost everything you pick up from him will serve you. Um, but one that I have gone, I, I, have, I read it about four years ago for the first time and have since gone back to it every year. Um, is is that hideous strength, which is the 
novel fiction version, if you will, of the abolition of man. It, it's the ab, it's the philosophy and principles of abolition of man told in a story. Yeah. So abolition of man is like essays, right. argument, logic. Abolition of man, or uh, hideous strength is a story, and it is a fairy tale for adults. I think it's, it's, it's what called. he calls it, and it really does have that effect. So it, it's the best novel I've ever read, um, not just in its mastery of of you know all you know you could, we could spend a whole podcast talking about that book in particular but like you're saying uh right the prescience the 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 foresight the the uh you, you think he could have written this today <laughs> and it's exactly on so if you're wondering those two books the abolition of man and that hideous strength if you're wondering what the heck's going on right now read those books and it will you'll find yourself nodding along mm-hmm. quite a bit and in i'll add also to that a recent book I read, and one you've heard us probably talk about before, uh, Strange New World by, by Carl Truman. It's the decaf version of his Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. It's a book that all of the pastors, I think, at in Sovereign Grace, plus at, or at Emmaus Road Church, have read. Um, our missional leaders, our missional community leaders have read it. Mm-hmm. And that is a book that you just read it and you think he's got his finger exactly on the wound. If we look at our our situation, our cultural situation, especially as Christians, asking how the heck did we get here, um, or what is happening, what, what is happening to me right now, uh, it just you find yourself nodding along to that book in particular all the time. So these these are books again that when you read them, you're affected by them in a way that actually affects your life. Like mm-hmm. it, it's given me lenses, both that age of strength and strange new world lenses to kind of try and understand. The world, and it's just particular. That his strength was is just a beautiful book that drove me to worship. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it is fiction. It's kind of like you know the Chronicles of Narnia. It is fiction. It's not like I'm worshiping the God of in that his strength. But it it drove me to think of there is a God, and we are in a world with real evil and people who really are <laughs> sinning and in and, and evil, not just you know. So anyway, yeah, read the book. It's it's the best. Mm. Mm-hmm. Caleb. Yeah, um, I'm thinking of, you know, sometimes we read books based off of life situations. Um, so th- there's, you know, there's marriage, there's parenting. So I'm going to throw out two books right now along those lines. Um, back when I was dating my now wife, um, one big step for me was to, it was actually five years ago this Christmas, I gifted her The Meaning of Marriage by Tim and Kathy Keller mm. um, in a way of saying, this is the way we're going. I want to marry uh, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's settle, let's, let's settle Caleb. Yeah. Um, and that was just a... You weren't engaged yet? We weren't even engaged yet. That <laughs> was be nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. If you really want to just... If you really want to... <laughs> hey, here's a book I think we should read together. <laughs> what do you think? It was a book that really opened the door to just talk more openly about that mm. and really helped serve what we were about to walk into and give flavor to that. Mm. And, and even I think one aspect was just <clears throat> the unity that we shared in, in reading that book of, wow, this is what we're kind of locking arms in, into doing and what we're going for. Mm. And, and even now just a lot of the, the framework, a lot of the practical side uh, advice that they gave seasoned uh, man and husband and wife uh, that now serve us even today. Um, and then along the lines of parenting, one book that I've just hand, I mean, it's such an easy read too, but for new parents, seasoned parents, everyone, I think one that's always so helpful that I've passed around a lot of people in our church is the duties of parents by JC Ryle. Um, Hmm. 
he really, I don't even think it's actually like a book necessarily. It's just kind of like a, a, I don't know, something that was formed into a book. But you can get the PDF online if you don't even have it, um, The Duties of Parents. But he really takes that Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And he really just unpacks that. Um, I like how he says in the beginning, train them in the way they should go, not in the way they would. Recognizing mm-hmm. that we are born yeah. bent because of <laughs> yeah. our sin um, we're, from the beginning. And so let alone our children will go the way they want, not in the way that of righteousness, in the mm-hmm. way that they should go. And mm-hmm. so what we have to do, especially in those formative years, matters. And uh, J.C. Rowell, so I think what's so helpful is it's so firm, like in your mm-hmm. face, yet it's so matched with this kindness and compassion. So mm-hmm. it's... Um, People don't write like that anymore. Very few people yeah, do. Yeah, it, Just the, the courage and conviction to say things cut and dry. Yep. This is what scripture says. This is what it means. Don't care about your feelings. <laughs> uh, this is truth and it's good for you mm-hmm. and it's God's wisdom. Mm-hmm. And But it's for your good. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And one thing he says at the beginning, I think along those lines that could be towards any type of counseling, any types of pastoring or one another care is that we are all eternal souls. Mm-hmm. We will all end up somewhere forever. And... So especially towards those we're parenting, those we love, we yeah. have a we have a we have a huge impact upon yeah. them. Yeah. So I, those are two. I would good. say if you're in that season, or even yeah, even uh, if you're out of that season, if you've been in marriage for a while, if you've not read the meaning of marriage, I would highly recommend mm. that. Yeah, I would throw in um, as far as parenting books, one of the most helpful practical, inspiring books I ever read on that is Why Children Matter by Doug and Nancy Wilson. Um, Just the practicals that they get into of like um, having principles in your home that rather not have a million laws that you're just constantly throwing at your kids about, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Um, And they just just feel like they're getting pelted by rules and regulations, but rather having laws of like very simple easily applied things like, I think he, he lists, we only had three rules in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, always tell the truth, obey the first time, never disrespect your mother. <laughs> Those three things as laws can be, can be, it covers in, most it things. Covers most things. Yeah. And, uh, and so it allows, the, you know, I think he has a line that affected, our goal is not to have our kids just obey the law. Mm-hmm. Our goal is for our kids to love the law, mm-hmm. ultimately the, the law of God. Um, and you just look at them in particular, their family, and just the production of yeah. of Christian of of, uh, of Christian faithfulness and fruitfulness that's come from that. Yeah. That's inspiring. Yeah, um, and they have a the end, it, the last chapter is a, is a lengthy interview between the two of them, or uh, of the two of them. That's just incredible. It's just yeah, really helpful. Very rich. Um, so I'd recommend that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, classic on parenting is um, Ted Tripp's book. Uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart. Right. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. just throw that one yeah, in as well. And another marriage book by Doug Wilson is Reforming Marriage. Mm-hmm. That's one that I use in all my pre-marriage counseling and mm-hmm. oftentimes in marriage counseling, I give that one. Or Doug's book, Decluttering Your Marriage. Yeah. If you've been married a long time and there's a lot of uh, sin that's built up and gone unresolved and just more uh, a mess that has not been taken care of for years, read Decluttering Your Marriage by 
by Doug Wilson. Um, Reforming Marriage, I, I just tell couples, of all the marriage books out there, a, a lot of them get uh, some of the good theological foundation that informs marriage. Right. Wilson, again, like J.C. Ryle, is one of those rare writers who just says it straight. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people try to beat around the bush and soften things, and he just is very, very practical, um, very direct, and, and um, yeah, it's just, it's rich. Mm. I, I would add, um, under manhood and womanhood, or as far as like mm. sexuality and gender and sexuality, um, <laughs> it's helpful to get out of... To, to read books that are not written <laughs> recently because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's chaos going on right now. But um, I think the two of the best books I've ever read on them and have just been edifying. And I remember when I read them and it just affected me was um, The Mark of a Man by Elizabeth Elliot and also Let Me Be a Woman by Elizabeth Elliot. Now, <laughs> one of those is more applicable to me. Um, but as I, as I read them, it helped me so much to just kind of get the framework mm-hmm. of what, why are we sexual beings? And then how, how, to, how to like live in a way that... Um, yeah, what does that mean? How does it come out? Right, how does it come out? And, and I had I said this to my students in my ethics class a couple when we were going through this stuff. I just said, what she traces there, uh, um, Elizabeth Elliot, who's just a phenomenal writer, and there are letters to, to people. Um, Let Me Be a Woman is a, a letter to her daughter on the eve of her wedding and the mark of a man is i think a letter to her nephew nephew yeah um and, and really what what she's doing she's doing theological work throughout all of it but it's um they're short bite-sized chapters like you could read one before bed every night um they're not long i think maybe a page page and a half um but what what she's doing is kind of like here's what womanhood is here's what manhood is take steps towards them mm-hmm. um you are a woman so live that way. You are a man. So, so be that way. Um, it just, I th- I would, I would put her in that category of people who mm. just say it and yeah. kind of, you read it and like, okay, yeah, that, that gives me something to, to work yeah. with. So, um, and those were written in the seventies, I believe. So helpful. Yeah. Very good. I think we're to the part of the episode where we can only just say three titles <laughs> oh, man. for people to add to their list. Ah, and then I might off. just give authors. So could okay, give three authors. Mm. Oh, Wow. That, you're going to take all mine, so. <laughs> <laughs> Anything by Jay Adams. Okay, um, yeah. When I got into um, biblical counseling, that was life-changing. That happened for me reading the book Counseling the Hard Cases, which is edited by Heath Lambert and yes. somebody else. Counseling the Hard Cases is good. That was, for me, life-changing just because it was my introduction to biblical counseling, but other people could come into it other ways. But I, I think then to discover Jay Adams, who's kind of considered the the grandfather of, of biblical counseling, his book, Competent to Counsel, Christian Counselor's Manual. He has one on marriage and parenting called A Christian Living in the Home. Anything by Adams, again, I, I think I just, I'm drawn to, I, I love the authors who just say exactly what they mean, mm. um, are right to the point, direct, mm-hmm. not worried say. about yeah. making lots of qualifications so they don't offend anybody. They just, this is what God's word teaches. This is what's what's good for you. So Jay Adams is one of those. Um, and I could just name several books by Doug Wilson. Uh, Heaven Misplaced was one that I, I read in one night. I think I stayed up to like three or four in the morning because I could not put it down. Mm. Um, and that began to shift some of my thinking on, um, eschatology and heaven. And it, it was profound. So, uh, his book empires of dirt as yes. well. One of the most helpful things you could read on in terms of the church, the gospel, state politics, um, government, it just, 
that's a phenomenal book mm. as well. Um, his book, Justice Primer. Yeah. If you want to understand yeah. biblical justice yeah. in this age where everybody's really talking good. about justice, but nobody knows what it is, read Doug Wilson, A Justice Primer. Um, I'll leave it at that for now. It was almost under three. That was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say three books and, and add them to your list if you want to, and these are bigger books. So Unity of the Bible yeah. Yeah. by Daniel Fuller. Yes. Holiness by J.C. Ryle. Mm-hmm. And... What was my third one? Oh, yeah. Reading the Bible Supernaturally by mm. John Piper. Mm. Um, those are books that you will probably just go back to again and again. And I will not, I'll sign off by not saying the best Harry Potter book. So <laughs> on to you. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't really know what to say. Uh, I, I think one of the, I, like we already said, C.S. Lewis. Particularly, I remember, um, it, was, it was recently, I think, right after my uncle had been killed, that I read The Great Divorce, um, and that just rocked me. I mean, it, it was one of those, I'd read it, I think, in high school, but I hadn't read it in a long time. The Great Divorce is just, it, it was incredible. That and, um, oh, the, uh, oh, Till We Have Faces mm-hmm. um, is just beautiful, and they're just stories they're almost like um, allegory. It, it, it really is. It's just those two particularly. Um, and then I remember reading Peculiar Peculiar Glory by by Piper, which is in that series of uh, reading the Bible supernaturally. And Piper, again, is I would, I would add him as I, I would read most everything he writes. Um, it just has that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at least... His precision. I mean, if we, you guys know Piper, he, he does not waste a word. Um, his precision, but also he is captivated by the the, the grandeur yes. of God, um, which then led me to read a bunch by Edwards, who is a bit tougher to read, <laughs> but just as glorious. Um, and I will try to leave it at that. Man, that is a that is way too many books that we. Now <laughs> everyone is set for their. Nobody. I got to throw out two more. Oh my god! No, I will not. Paul, Paul Tripp, uh, oh. instruments in the Redeemer's hands and how people change. Just in terms, I, I think change. this hits a category we haven't really addressed. But if if you want to grow and be more equipped to better minister to one another in gospel community yeah. in your mm-hmm. discipleship huddle missional yes. communities, I think those two books by Paul Tripp are. Phenomenal. Many people would be nodding right now, yeah. saying that they've been yeah, given they've, framework they've and vocabulary left to a mark on many of do us. that yeah. these last years. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I would throw in also, <laughs> oh gosh, Gospel Fluency by Vanderstelt, oh, Jeff Vanderstelt, that and Saturate by Vanderstelt have been both formative. Okay, we, we literally need to stop because we will keep going. Um, but there's just a bunch of books for you. Sorry if they're not hierarchied correct or ranked Ranked. appropriately we'll leave that to logan yeah if you if you really want uh the exhaustive the definitive definitive top 10 10 books ever written for your life logan thune is your go-to another one of these episodes and we'll have logan and greg here Mm -hmm. oh man we actually have to give more thoughts (laughs) this is a flood of books that we have read and maybe you know i'll put a list online yeah yeah caleb let's see if we can (laughs) Put a list of those books on in the show end notes. End of 2022 that, reading right. list. Jump on Amazon, end of year sale. But we really do. I mean, we want to reiterate, books are meant to serve us. Mm. Um, and it, it, why do we love books so much? Because they're words. Um, and why do we read? Because God, Jesus Christ is the word mm. incarnate. And 
you know, God has given, he's communicated to us through the word, through his son. And so ultimately all of our reading, all of our knowledge is not to be puffed up or for selfish ambition or to say, hey, look how well read I am, but towards the aim of treasuring Christ more. Um, And and these books, I think particularly the ones, (laughs) the way too many that we just listed off, have done that for us in various ways. Mm. So we commend them to you. Um, If you have any questions on details of them, we'd be happy to to give those. But um, this is our first shot in a pretty, I think we shotgun shelled that thing, but hey, we're doing our best. So uh, I think this will be the last one of the year. This, This is it, 2022. Till next year. Till next year. Kenneth Gentry, he shall have dominion. No. David Chilton, Paradise Restored. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And with that. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.